Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more Shelf Stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. And also, welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so so much for stopping by for this celebration. We are six years running top 200 solo games commentary on the One Player Guild. I am so happy to be back bringing this to you, and we are bigger and better than ever. This is a yearly list that comes out on BGG. The person who runs this list, who gives of his time and energy and organizational skills every single year for, what, eight years running? Are we doing this? Yeah, eight years. Eight years doing this. So I'll go around and introduce everybody, but the the person of a primary note over here is the person who runs the top 200 solo games, Kevin Erskine. Welcome back to my show. Uh, thanks for having me. I love doing this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a 15 minutes of fame, but like stretched over exactly. six years. <laughs> yeah, this is my only chance that people see my face, so. Fantastic. Uh, and joining me for four years. So if you don't know, if you only know me from my video show, Self Stories, uh, I did have a podcast previous to this, the mm-hmm. Every Night is Game Night podcast for 190 episodes of solo gaming goodness. Uh, I will always be proud of that. And these were the biggest episodes by far. This person joined me on that show and has joined me here. We'll continue to do so in the future uh, for the fourth year in a row. Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire. Welcome to the show. Never gets old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like to keep things fresh. Uh, y'all know this list can be really stable. So we need different voices, different perspectives, and especially uh, folks who know about Euros. Because Liz, Kevin, and I have no idea. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so I actually saw, I think it was um, you two gentlemen had done like a Euro solo thing, like your own video, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, it was on Luke's channel. We, we we looked at the uh, all the Vital Asserta games from a solo perspective and kind of not ranked them as such, but talked about which ones worked better than others. Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> they're, they're More, than than us. <laughs> More than us. Uh, so I will introduce these gentlemen in turn and I will give them a little bit of floor to introduce their channel. This may be your entry point solo fan into the solo gaming. This is the perfect entry point. All the solo games, so many ranked and listed. Uh, I will try to make this as warm and inviting as possible. And these two gentlemen run channels that are very solo friendly. So please introduce them. I'm going to go down t- uh, below first. Uh, Mark Dainty is from Not Board Gaming. Tell the people all about your channel. Well, hello, everybody. It's Mark here from Not Board Gaming. So Not Board Gaming is a solo-focused YouTube channel covering things like previews, which seem to be heavily skewed towards at the moment, reviews, unboxings, interviews sometimes with designers, etc. It's been going about two years, and the growth has been pretty, pretty good. And thank you, Jason, and the rest of these esteemed people on here for allowing me to uh, to intrude on your Saturday mornings. The, the Mount Rushmore of soloness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not really. There's so many other folks that are doing it. That's But this is... Uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, and also, Luke Hector, we have worked together before, Luke. We did mm-hmm. Top 100 Cooperative Games years ago. We've done podcasts together on Arkham Horror and different uh, projects. So it's always a pleasure to link back with Luke. When I saw that he was doing Solo and Euro and all this kind of stuff, had to bring him in. I saw the chemistry between Luke and Mark, the low blows between those two, and I had to have them on my show. So Luke Hector, the Broken Meeple, tell the peoples all about your channel. Luke is frozen. Oh my God! He's, 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 <laughs> he's back. Ah, I'm here. No, we're good. That's it, that's it. Tell me about the channel, and it shuts down. That's cancelled. Now, the, the Broken Meeple is a YouTube channel. It's focusing on all, all things to do with board games, previews, uh, you know, reviews, and and things like that. Especially top ten lists. It's not solo focused, but I live alone, so any game that can give me a solo mode is always good. We mm-hmm. have worked, we have done that top one hundred competitive. No, was it co- cooperative yeah. games before, which was a good laugh. And most of them are played solo. They tend to be my favorite types of games. Uh, but yeah, it's very much a tell it how it is. So if a game is good, I'll shout it from the rooftops, and if a game is bad, you know, I'll tell you as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So uh, we have brought together this esteemed panel for the sixth annual, sixth annual uh, top 200 solo game. So um, I do uh, t- style this episode, assuming that folks, this is their first time. 
right? So I'm not going to assume that there's a bunch of, you know, like everybody here is going to know. Uh, and there's been a lot of growth in the channel as well. I'll talk about that in just a second, uh, talking about this particular list. So I'm going to do the 101. Kevin, let's do the 101. Tell the peoples about how the list started and how it works and how you bring it to us. All right. So way back in the one player guild, you know, we, you know, obviously it's all about solo games and we uh, started board game geek. Look, the one player guild and board game. Right. I'm board game geek. Right. So we started looking at, you, you know, we talk about board game geeks, you know, top games, you know, top thousand games or whatever. And there were very few solo games at the top. So everybody's uh, lauding, you know, Puerto Rico and these kind of things back then. It was like the greatest mm. game ever. Yeah. And so I'm like, <laughs> You know, all these games that people are loving and Dominion and things like that was like a big one. And uh, I'm like, I don't play that. And, you know, for solo, especially. And then so then Tom Vassell came out with his people's choice top 100 games. And I'm like, well, that's a great idea. Let's steal that. And so, you know, I just asked the people in the one player guild, do you want to do something like this? I'll compile it and we'll see how it goes. And uh we had, uh, I think the first year we had 89 people vote. And I, I have 85 in my record, 2014, or 85, 85 yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this year we are 10 times, more than 10 times that. Um, so what's the it, number? it's uh, definitely. What's the number on that one? It, uh, I think it was 953 this yep. time. And, uh, Huge. you know, I attribute some of it to COVID probably, but, you know, obviously I think you see more and more games coming out with solo um, capability. I think, you know, we're finally starting, not finally, we are getting to the point where people are noticing and they're like, this is a market. And uh, it's not just people who can't find others to play with. We want to play it this way. Mm -hmm. um, so we made this list and it's grown and grown and grown. And uh, it's just so much fun to do and, and go over and see what happens. And the response from people is just amazing. Uh, you know, that I get, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, 554 people, uh, by the way, this commentary is about, I, I try to give as many stats as possible. People love to geek it out on stats uh, and numbers just to kind of give uh, context to what people are seeing. If they go over to the one player guild, check the show notes. Uh, if you want to go straight to the list itself. Uh, so in terms of numbers in 2019, it was 554. So over the course of five years, you know, five times the number, and it's been going up steadily every single year. 2020 was 618. We're bumping up a little bit. This year, whoop! <laughs> yeah, 50% 50, 50 more votes this year than last year. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah. Like I said, I attribute right. some to COVID. <laughs> some to COVID and some to just we're getting excellent games. Like it, most yeah. of the games yeah. we're going to talk about are just center of the hobby excellent games. Uh, and more and more of them. So then we have 950 people, as we said, contributing 1,383 unique games to over 200 games got number one votes. So the way it works is you put your top 20, you sent the geek mail, and there you go. And, and Kevin does the brave work of tabulating, which is the hardest part, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, there was, I think I had to enter 16,900 games, type them in, um, you know, to for all the people who voted. Because not everybody put in 20, but... Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, right. it takes yeah, a while. It's a lot. Uh, okay. So, so talk a little bit about, actually, before I get to that, um, I want to talk a little bit, a little about uh, uh, Every Night's Game Night, the old podcast. So we, we hopped on in 2016. So only a couple of years before the uh, pod started. And it's always been our highest rated episode, always. And so like that, th that these episodes in particular have been responsible for growth in the solo community more than anything. Last year, uh, I launched Shelf Stories and it's been a year. Yay. Uh, this episode, top 200 corp, the top 200 solo, uh, the 50 to one episode, my highest rated video. I've caused all the good trouble. I've talked, I've started so much garbage <laughs> talking about games, Frost Haven and everything. All those episodes, you know, I got, I have interactions, but this episode right here, uh, tops them all 6,400 views, which I'm really, really thankful for. Uh, okay. So, um, so in terms of just making, I just want to go back to making the list itself. Um, you did, uh, this year, I think you collapsed a few more games, right? Uh, I just like, like lump them in, in terms of, uh, did, did you do that? I don't or, think or? I did. I, yeah. I don't think I did any more than I usually do. There, there might been, I, I, I did lump the Gloomhavens together, but I think that's might be the only one I lumped that I didn't lump in past years. Um, Oh, we'll get to one. I, I can't, I, I can't <laughs> yeah. think of very, I can't think of very many more because I always used to do it. Lumping means like, okay, if you did Aeon's and Aeon's and Legacy, I guess New Age is all Aeon's end. 
or Hoplomachus, yes. Hoplomachus Lost Cities. It's all Hoplomachus. That, that's kind of how right. you Right. Generally, though, if it was a legacy game, I kept it separate. So even, uh, um, like you said, Aeon's End Legacy was separate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, even though it, that's, that wasn't on the table. It could be. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so. So, Bob, so Mark and uh, Mark and Luke, any uh, have you seen the list before? Have you, uh, you know, is that something that you've um, seen in the solo community before? Have, is this a reference that you use? Is this a uh, how do you use it in terms of like a good temperature taking? Uh, talk about how you uh, have you encountered a top 200 in the past. If so, I've, I've gone Luke yeah. first. All right. So, for me, obviously, I've seen the uh, the episodes that you've done in the past, uh, even though they've got Michael Kelly on there, you know, I still watch them. Uh, <laughs> Low blows. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> uh, and for me, it's more about just understanding what's out there. So, you know, I don't know every game in the top top 200 list. Uh, I certainly haven't played every game in the top 200 list. So it's interesting to see what drives people to play certain games, why a certain game that I may never have heard of may be in the top 100 and makes me go out and research things a little bit more. And I think it, it kind of, it, it's a really good kind of cross-section of the community. It just shows that the uh, solo community and the board gaming community is capable for such a wide degree of taste it's it's just a, a kind of a great reference list to look at yeah, yeah. It's, more, it's more just a kind of a lot of these games will be ones that i may have already played solo but it does allow me to learn a few others particularly if the game is not one that actually comes with its own solo mode because some of these on titles on here will be ones where it's like hang on that's not pre-built in but somebody's made a fan-made version or it's come out as a print and play but it's popular enough to get people in there's one or two solo games i have got that are just print and play editions mm -hmm. but they're so good mm -hmm. i'll have them yeah uh so x-wing was a huge thing for a long time or back in the day mm -hmm. that ain't no solo game <laughs> no. but there yeah. is so many tournaments rally man was another one where there's that is not a solo game at least a mm -hmm. previous version but people did challenges and the you know the, the one player guild always takes games that it likes and just does stuff with it and that will appear on the list as well so not only in terms of printed games but it really is a reflection of the community and what the community is doing with the game. So yeah. The, the list does so much good stuff. We can go on and on. But you all want to talk about games, right? You got to, got to get to the game. Mm -hmm. All right. So this episode is going to be a little bit quick. We are doing covering uh, a 200 to 101. And if you go down there, the day that I released the episode, it will we will be up to 101 in the list. I hope me and Kevin got that together. <laughs> Coordinating across two people is a little bit difficult sometimes. But hopefully 101 is there. So then we're not going to talk about every game. I have six episodes. I have six years of this stuff. We're not going to talk about every game. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, debuts and uh, noteworthy trends of something like drop big or anything like that, or just games that just leapt out to us in terms of interest. And we're going to go in quarters. So right now we're going to do the quarter of 200 to 176, which is live uh, currently on the one player guild. Game number 200. I've never heard of. <laughs> That nope. was a huge Kickstarter. Go ahead, Liz. That this is why we have Liz no, on there. 200. Yeah. Oh uh, no, 200 is Atlantic Chase. Sorry, I always like get mixed up on which column I'm looking at. Oh yeah. But I've heard of this one uh, too. If it's, I mean, the rank changes if it's blank. That's the debut. All right. So, so right. this is what I. So the Atlantic Chase. It's a nice little GMT number. Um. So this is why we have I'm, Liz. This is why we have you, Liz. You're a you're war game correspondent. Kevin is my ally in this. I'm so happy you're here because I won't be alone. Um, so I'm a solo gamer, but it's not a lonely task. Uh, but uh, yeah, so basically I would say that this chunk of the list, actually this entire episode worth um, all the war games that come up, I personally think that war games are underplayed, underloved, but if they're showing up in this kind of 100, 200 range, a lot of times they are showing signs that they might be pretty good. I have not actually played Atlantic Chase, but I remember noticing it. It's kind of like on a maybe list. And so now that it's kind of cracking that top, 200 what that means to me is that that's worth picking up and having a look at because mm. i know that other solo gamers are liking it and so yeah. that means that it's a lead for me as a person who likes war and historical games to to pick it up absolutely i mean I, i'm not aware of this game at all i can just imagine that it's lots of little hexes on a map um <laughs> you're, not, you're not far you're not far that's, wrong that's about right that yeah, I mean, actually, uh, so back in the day when we first did the list, there were a lot more war games were up higher on the list. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk mm -hmm. about them. Thunderbolt Apache Leader, D-Day at uh, uh, D-Day Dice or something like that. Um, yeah, D-Day Navajo, Navajo Beach. Yeah. 
Navajo Wars and Comancheria, like they were higher on the list. They were all in the top 100. The competition has gotten so hot and heavy that they've definitely pushed the war games down, but we'd still have Liz on here to tell us what's good and let us know that if it is appearing on the list, then, it's, then it might be worth luck. Um, but there is one a game up here uh, that did debut, which is one above, uh, which I know Mark and Luke have played, which I know Mark and Luke have mm. opinions on. Uh, yeah. And I'm, it, it's, it's one of those games that really should have been higher. It really, really should be a solo stalwart, but Ether Fields is just uh, from yeah. Awakened Realms. Uh, very quickly, guys, what do you think of Ether Fields? It, the theme is so good. I mean, I so wanted good. to. I Tated Grail already blew me away. One of my favorite solos, but the Ether Fields was kind of like, okay, you've just given me another dark and gritty theme. Dream World. This should be everything I've seen from every kind of Nightmare Before Christmas Tim Burton esque thing of surreal imagery. And theme-wise, it does do that. You know, it's gorgeous to look at, and I do love being in that universe. If only it wasn't clunky as a get-out when it came to the mechanics <laughs> and actually trying to play the thing. <laughs> that uh, the way the that Etherfields works is, so you have the main adventure, so you go into the, the dream or the slumber or whatever it is. No, it's the dream world. And then you have a really yeah. cool adventure. It's like a really, you know, follow the numbers, and it's very adventure-driven. It's not like combat mm. and whatever. This deck-building aspect, there's a there's a evolving um, you know, deck that you have so you can you know, kind of draft and build your stuff. It's very, very cool. But then you get to the uh, town phase. So like if you play an RPG, you have like the dungeon phase and the town phase. Mm. And the town phase is boring. Mm. Boring. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, it, it's, it's a Ring Arena Roses mechanic of just going around collecting keys yeah. so you can get into the next big adventure. But you are seeing the exact same cards you draw for events, the exact same slumbers, which are like little mini adventures, which normally, are, well, they're all great the first time you do them. Mm -hmm. The third or fourth time you do them, it gets a bit boring. And after nine or ten times, I hate you now. It's, it doesn't... <laughs> So they have actually brought out a new mode for this called Continuous Dream Mode, I believe, which essentially allows you to kind of skip past a lot of those slumbers. I have, yeah. I have no idea if I'll get the time to actually try because I've still got the game in a corner somewhere and part of me wants to go back and try it on that mode. I just doubt I'll ever get the time, which is such a shame because it's not like I can just pick up and play it. I've got to relearn it all again and it wasn't the easiest to learn no. before, but right. that... That, that's the biggest sort of killer, having to do that mini game in between. It's like, no, just get me to the next big dream. <laughs> I think this game typifies almost the um, uh, the split in Awaken Realms. I mean, you can never never discount their production quality. It's always absolutely mm. stellar. What they put together is fantastic. But I enjoy their more self-contained so, uh, games so much more than these kind of bloated epics. So, you know, Tainted Grail I thought was great. And then after kind of 40 hours, it had more than had enough of Tainted Grail. This I probably haven't played in 11 months. But when you look at a game like Nemesis or This War of Mine or The Great oh. War, which was released recently, oh. yeah, mm -hmm. Yeah, they uh, they they're more self-contained, if you like. Yeah, and they're better and a better experience for me. Whereas this, it was just ultimately a very disappointing experience. Did mm -hmm. you play uh, Aether Fields, Kevin? Yeah, so I think I think you're gonna actually see this go up in future years because some of us who are too cheap to pay for split shipping are still waiting for it. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, that, that is true. They we got us on split, so. I'm still waiting for sec. Obviously, we're all still waiting for the second part of it, but we've had the yeah. first for about a so, year now. It's kind of really yeah. there's probably a lot, and that's the problem with Kickstarters. That if if half of half the people get it, the rankings aren't going to be that great. And then when everybody gets it, it gets maybe a resurgence, and and you start seeing it where it should be on the list. And and I think you'll see this one go up. Yeah, I have a dark secret about that, which is that you know I have my tainted Grail stuff still in the box. I waited so long for it. I was I went through a period where I was super excited for it, and that that time died well before the box arrived. Yeah. So yeah. I was going to wait to get excited again. I, same thing for me. The wave two had finally come in and it was like six months after I was ready for it. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to move this up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how like Kickstarter timing has so much to do with the placements on a list like this. But anyway, oh, yeah. um, so then this is a sad uh, list for me at uh, this section, 175. So many of my favorites just fell. Uh, down here, hmm. pandemic and a uh, pandemic, the cure anyway, which was a top uh, game for a long time, but just rocketed down this year. No expansions or, or you know, just like it's uh, kind of a dead product. Uh, Forbidden Island. Uh. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Luke, you're, you're feeling me, right? Because there's, there's a lot of like kind of like just traditional co-op that just kind of land a little bit softer on the list over here. Well, with some of these co-ops, I mean, you just mentioned Pandemic, the Cure and Forbidden Island. I think some of these people would still play them as a group. 
So right. they would, you can play them solo, yes, but particularly things like Forbidden Island, they're family games. The parents want to play it with the kids or like younger players. So as much as I've still got Forbidden Desert on my shelf, I never pull it out to play it solo. It's my, okay, you want an introductory co-op? Okay, let's all three or four of us play it. I can't recall if I've played it solo in years. So oh, I play solo. Some games, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the times if it's been played solo, it's not necessarily, I mean, sometimes a solo game is just that good, but a, a lot of the times it could be that the multiplayer is just too much, it's too fraught or takes too long or something. And it's kind of like, well, the solo's quicker. So what's yeah. funny about this is that, honestly, those are all games I could really take or leave and really put on leave. Um, but I will say that the war games through this section are fabulous. So I actually just reviewed <laughs> D-Day Dice. It's so good. That game was great. It's a fun, fun, fun little dice checker. Uh, Conflict that- of Heroes Awakening, the bear has one of the best solo AIs I've ever seen. Um, Conflict of Heroes is really, is is one of those games that, uh, oh, it's uh, Academy Games, right? Yeah, it's Academy. It, it's so they like, they really care. And they, you yeah. know, they have, that has lots of iterations. And it's, if I'm going to play a solo game, a uh, solo war game, it'd probably be a Conflict of Heroes. Yes. That, that card system's great. Uh, Labyrinth War on Terror is in here and you know it's a, thematically I can see why some people might not be too into it but it's very interesting as a game it's got another major expansion that's came out so you know in terms of war gaming you know this part of the list is stuff that's very alive yeah. and I honestly think that it just doesn't rank higher because I, I still think that people shy away from war games so the people who love them really love them and then you know it's harder to get people to ramp on into them. Right. It is an, it is yeah. more of a niche group with the war games, particularly. I mean, is D Day Dice actually a war game per se? When you, eh, you're trying to, war you're, theme, a lot of war say, gamers will play it for their light their light entertainment. Does that make sense? Cause, yeah, because I could play <laughs> D I could play D Day Dice for a bit of lightness, you know, for a dice game and that. But you know, it's going to be a long time before I sit down and think, you know, what I fancy Atlantic Chase or you know the so called war insert date here, which is every single war game title ever. Is like, um, right. Uh, it's definitely a, a smaller group that has them rated high. You know, this isn't just, yeah. oh, I just fancy playing X War 1917 or something. No, like, this is the solo game I play for life. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it'll be ranked highly uh, uh, by five right. people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, think that, saying... that is. Sorry, no, I was going to say, I think it's kind of typical here is the, is the fact that uh, war gamers really love war games. Uh, it's not something that people that people that don't play war games don't tend to dip into war games. You know, adventure gamers may dip into a Euro, and a Euro gamer may dip into an adventure gamer. But if you're playing a war game, you really like war games, and I think that's the difference. There is, it, it's not quite as casual as some of the other genres. No, because no, I have tried to get into a couple of them, like some of the DVG ones. I forget what they were, like Warfighter or a couple of others, where you had to sort of like the strategic viewpoint in that and once you get through like a 50 page rule book and looking at 150 million cardboard chits and no artwork it's like eh, i, I want to pull out something else off the shelf it's they, they are <laughs> you're going right at liz book. luke be careful i mean <laughs> I there's really no careful. accounting for t- nobody can uh, people's taste cannot just be as flawless as mine and i understand that because you did a dice tower list with them the solo one or something and it's like your entire list was so different from everybody else's because it had all yeah. the <laughs> oh yeah that's so great uh and so just like uh debuts over here uh mark and i went back and forth on red rising uh mark did not enjoy yeah. red rising because the, there was just no, no game integration for him i loved it i love I, it's still here where is it it's right there i still it's have the, it uh, <laughs> but why mine is strong mine strong a loving home yeah, <laughs> yeah mine too yes, yes it, it's red rising but you've got fantasy realms that's <laughs> It's basically like gussied up fantasy. Euro gamer rummy, I, I call it. And I like Euro games. I like rummy. So I, and I'm a, I like Red Rising. So it's all good for me. Uh, and then another debut, uh, Bloodborne, the board game, which I think mm. like in terms of it's it's another Simon minis adventure thing. How many? Like the, it, it's a kind of game that could be solid, but it really gets lost, especially in that catalog. Yeah. And yeah. I'd agree with that. I, I got Bloodborne uh, and I played it only a handful of times and it hasn't grabbed me. And I know people were raving about it when it came out and I just found it just another relatively generic kind of dungeon crawly type game. Didn't do anything exciting for me. It's, it's going in my for sale uh, to sell this. That's for sure. It's, it's got the whole thing of here's another game that we've done with a ton of miniatures insert IP yeah. here because like, that's that's what it's coasting on a lot of like those who love the Bloodborne games and I forgot this one was even a thing because I know of the card game that Bloodborne that came right. out a while back so I kept getting confused that this was just an, like a reiteration of that and it's like oh no it's actually its own big thing 
I'm always amazed at how many CMON games come out. They're huge and do nothing for me. I just never. It's yeah. It's I don't amazing. even really bother to seriously consider the Kickstarters anymore when they come. I always, I used to look and just right. like, ooh, and am I interested in this? And eh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah, it just flies by me now. It's just a, they, there's too many of them. So we're trying to when it was only like 10 games being released it wasn't such a bad thing but the now we get thousands every year and particularly with kickstarter it's now a pre-order system for a lot of companies so everybody yeah. is seeing it's like you know okay so how many of these miniature games are we going to get this year 20 50 and you just cannot yeah. separate them out especially the, the first problem is when you see a kickstarter page and before it even gets to how you play it the first like five pages worth of it is just oh, look at our minis it's like, yeah. I want to know how to play your game first. <laughs> and I do want to be very clear at this point. I probably should have said this at the beginning. Maybe I'll supply something in. Uh, we are going to be give our honest opinion of games. Uh, please do not take this personal. <laughs> We're going to you know, talk about stuff and deal you know, with it. <laughs> we love you. And, and, and there are a lot of people who, who clearly voted. I mean, we're talking thousands of games over here and we're talking the top 200. So there's clearly folks who like Bloodborne enough to put it on the list. So please don't take that as a criticism of your taste or anything. We're just giving our honest opinions. We love you all. Sure. Yeah, so, I'm giving my honest opinion about how bad your taste is. No, I'm joking. joking. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, you've just been blacklisted yeah. we're all doing that it's 4v1 no, the Absolutely. reason that there's so many games is because everybody has a different like flavor palette that they sure. like i mean it's right. just it is what it is you know it's it's there's it's, nothing it's wrong like thing. it's a good thing you're saying this now jason before we get to the games people really like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah this is gonna be <laughs> I will because that that had, we I've gotten that feedback where it's like okay well because we talk a lot about games we have different tastes but I definitely want to put it out there this is all about love and we're joking with each other and there's Absolutely. nothing wrong with anybody well, I, who's playing the games we just are trying to express our opinions so I just want to put it out there yeah uh, so I, between me and Mark but yeah. Uh, there's, yeah, there's yeah. lots of enmity that's why you're on the show a controversy <laughs> creates clicks <laughs> uh, I so actually then, think I've spent yeah. more nights away this year by the way uh not literally with Luke, but in the same space of Luke, <laughs> than, I have with my, than I have with my own wife. So we've been to Western, uh, we've been to UKGE. Me and my wife haven't been on a holiday for two and a half years. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to 174 to 150 uh, and a couple of debuts, uh, soft debuts. I mean, these, these games could be uh, stronger, but for various reasons there uh, at this part. Uh, speaking of lots of minis and Kickstarters, Alter Quest. So Alter Quest was the latest from Blacklist Games. Uh, Kevin's shaking his head. Uh, by the way, if you don't know, Kevin is a dungeon guy. He loves adventure. And uh, so this is where Kevin's going to bring in his expertise. So then Alter Quest, you were shaking your head. Go ahead. Well, it, Colin, it, Colin One Stop Shop gave me his version of it, Kickstarter version, sent it to me on his own dime. I wow, played it Colin, of- where is my, love me, Colin, what's up with that? I'm on the one stop crowd shop, give me free we games. Go back, we go back further, Jason, you're just going to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I taught Colin how to play Mage it's, Knight, it's, so. It's a that's, yeah, that's, right. So I, I tried it, and it's just, it just was clunky, and it, it, I, I don't know, just there was a lot of, and I, I mean, I manage big games with four characters and, and have no trouble, and, and that one, it wasn't fun. I guess what I told Colin was when it comes down to it, it just wasn't fun. So as part of this list, um, I just drew random names until someone said they'd take it and I sent it to them. <laughs> wow. So one of the other people <laughs> got it. Yeah. And it just, it just didn't, my, the, the biggest thing I'd say, if I, someone said, well, what, what was the biggest thing? And I said, it just wasn't fun. It's very complex. So Alter Quest is a dungeon crawler. Uh, from Blacklist Games, uh, the Sadler Brothers with their modular deck system. So there are a lot of decks of cards, a lot of decks of cards. So when Kevin's saying it's not fun, there's a lot of decks to manage. Uh, the the cards themselves, a lot of interactions because there's dice as well that are like global dice that you could manipulate. And I think, you know, complexity does create combos, but complexity also can create complexity. Mm. So there's, it's a fine yeah. line. And for a lot of people, Alter Quest kind of crossed. That line is that is that uh, yeah. I know Mark you uh, you had played it you had liked it before I don't know if, if you yeah I, yeah yeah I haven't I haven't played it for quite a few months now and I think you know you've hit the nail on the head there it's it's perhaps too great in scope and it's weighed down by its own systems whereas you look at something like Street Masters which is a lot more uh, dynamic uh, in in how it plays 
AltaQuest takes up a lot of table real estate, uh, and you're absolutely right. You're managing too many things. For me, I still, you know, when I, I when I have played it, I have enjoyed it. So it's not leaving my collection yet, and I do want to get back into it. But I know it's possibly the Saddle Brothers game that's divided people the most. I think. Was well, this a direct sequel to Hero Quest or something? Because I take one look at this yes. board, and it looks like a clone. Really? Yeah, it actually yeah, it is a game. <laughs> a spiritual successor that's the board gamey term uh yeah. so like the inspiration was definitely hero quest with the you know j- uh, knocking down doors and everything i like it i prefer it to street masters but i can definitely see where people are coming from yeah i'm a street masters person so actually i, I love the saddler brothers but their games love are really you. big and they take up a lot of space a lot of space so actually the only one i currently still own is street masters and um I'm actually really excited for uh, Hour of Need to come in because I'm yep. very curious. Like, I know that they're going to really give that superhero treatment a lot of attention. I'm curious about it. But I think that you play these games because the Sadler Brothers have so many ideas. It's Their games are not tight. Their games are not tuned the way, that, you know, it's not like a Euro game where the engine running and it's the beauty of how it runs yeah. is the, the point, right? right? Like, you know, the Sadler Brothers are having a creative experience and you're also having it with the mess Right. There's it's yeah. not a clean gaming experience, but it's right. interesting. And that's and what a, I really yeah. like about that. And the Saddler Brothers game more is more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I just did something yes. bad while we were all talking. So okay. I'm confession, since this is the top, you know, we're going up to 150. Um, I have wanted Lewis and Clark for a long time, and mm. I literally just went on Amazon and bought the last copy that was showing us. <laughs> 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 like, you know we're enabling you. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I've played it. Okay, I feel uncomfortable with the Native American meeples. I do. But um, I have played the game. I really, really liked it. I actually almost bought it at a game fair back when we still did those. Hopefully they'll be back soon. Uh, but one of my friends snaked it from under me before I could get over there and buy it myself. So I've just been waiting to get this game. I was like, you know what? It's the moment. Let's do it. By the way, Lewis and Clark <laughs> is in the next section. So yeah, that, that one oh, messed you up Sorry again. about that. <laughs> yeah. oh, well. That's okay. You're not spoiling anything. Uh, it's good to see... Uh, a couple of big euros there, like Gallerist. I, Mark and I did a the Vital Acerta video. A and... lot of leads Vital Acerta, because mm. it's funny, we've talked about this in previous years, Vital Acerta theoretically yeah. should make games for us. Like those, like Vital Acerta always puts so much into his solos. It isn't like outsource it to other designers. It's always kind of from him. So you got On Mars is here and Gallerist is here. I think those are two of yep. his best mm. and well, they're just not penetrating, I think because of cost. On Mars, I think it's the complexity and the fact that mm. in the base game of On Mars, the original release of it, the solo wasn't great. It didn't provide a very uh, kind of engaging experience. Now, they just had the Kickstarter fairly recently for the uh, for the expansion to On Mars, the Alien Invasion, and that's got a brand new solo mode in there. I previewed that. And that really steps the game up as a solo game there for On Mars. And I think as I, because I, I love the Beatles, the set of games, I've got them all. Uh, when the Kickstarter comes through, that's the only solo I'll be playing rather than the base game. The Gallerist solo, it's a beautiful zen-like experience. And I know it's Vehicle's favourite solo. It's not really that much of a game, though, unfortunately. It's it's a nice experience. I, I play the Gallerist solo when I just want to potentially tune out and de-stress a little bit. Hmm. Uh, but I don't find it... Uh, tremendously challenging at the same time you don't have something a bit lighter for that kind of thing you know you pick up yeah. the solo <laughs> i want to have a breezy yeah. light experience you play the gallery no. solo it's still it's still a big heavy euro at the end of the day but this is where we yeah. differ because you because we did that video with the, the vital ones and i said that i quite like gallerist as a solo game but i didn't i mean on mars i didn't like it at all solo i don't know about the new version but on mars was also as much as i liked it enough it was the weakest out of the Lacerda's I played multiplayer hence it no longer sits on the Lacerda shelf mm. anymore because I got rid of it because it's just like okay I know you do complex Euro games but for crying out loud there's a line here and you just overstepped it by about 20 million miles because <laughs> <laughs> it just got way too complex so the whole idea of the expansion coming out was not on my radar because I thought I don't need it more complicated it already was but yeah. you know if it's if it's improved the solo mode in it then maybe but I'm surprised to see it here like on high up on this list because i mean i think most people don't go mad for the on mars solo hey mark i think oh, on mars yeah. is a really great game i mean and you know the give me any i i definitely feel that it's like okay i want to play a great game the solo is passable <laughs> let me play because mm. this is such a great game it's an entryway into this passable thing and if mark is saying that it's better then maybe this will be the vital the vital certain game that cracks the top 100 because it's it's tough 
a lot of his games. I think yeah. Bow is also somewhere on the list. It's, it hasn't cracked the top 100. It should. Vital start to make excellent but solos. I, so, but sorry, Kevin. We, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to have to wake Kevin yeah. up now because we're talking about Euros. <laughs> he's, Euros. Like, he's nodding <laughs> off. <laughs> well, what about but obviously uh, the last, the last uh, Kanban EV and uh, certainly Weather Machine, right, which uh, hits Kickstarter next week, uh, both of those, the solos are designed by yeah. David Turchi on those. So he's kind of outsourcing the solo now uh, to David. I don't know if David, 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 um, David. <laughs> as, as <we're> kind of, David <laughs> has worked very hard on these as well. I know Kanban EV for me, and I can't remember where it is on the list, if it is on the list. Is it's high, it's possibly, high. We'll get not to possibly. Yeah, it is. It is my favorite. So let's say the solo, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The the debut on this one. I have not played this game still because it never exists in the UK for more than five minutes. But Paleo, mm -hmm. I didn't realize that even had a solo. I thought that was meant to be a group. I guess that's mm -hmm. another co-op you can play solo and that. But has anybody played it? Because I would love to play this like... game. I love Paleo. Paleo is a really, really clever game. Uh, it's a cooperative game. <laughs> Kevin hates it. But... Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, no, I, I, here. Never <laughs> I, I've never heard of it. It's a different type of cooperative game uh, in the sense that usually in co-op games, you'll have like a player turn and then like a, an AI. So then you're, you're battling the AI here. It's, you know, you're, it's a series of card flips. It's a card game and a, a resource management card game. And it's, you know, you play your cards to the center of the table. You reveal them. It's like, ooh, what I get, what I get. And you're trying to, you, you know, kind of ride the luck of what the cards are giving you in order to do your research manager stuff. And that sounds like not great, but you have, uh, they, they, it's, it's a whole thing. Like I have to, yeah. the game leads you in certain places. So it's like very, it's kind of like giving you a system of educated guesses as opposed to just complete random. Mm. Uh, the solo yeah. is basically, you know, a little bit more push your luck. Uh, and I don't love it solo. I can see why I can see definitely one of the things where it's like, I like the game, the solo is okay. And that's why it's here. Uh, but Paleo is no, Paleo is a good game. It deserve, definitely deserves Spielishar treatment this year. Uh, okay, so let us get to um, 150 to 121. Wait, really quick. Oh, hold on, hold so on, hold on. Liz, oh, so, another war game. Sorry, another war game. I missed the war so game. So hilariously, this, this chunk of the list is a bunch of stuff. So I've been like collection shifting a lot, you know? So I I, I kept Nations. I love Nations. Um, and I just yeah. kept all my Oniverse stuff. But, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here I've owned and traded off because it was okay. But I just picked up Enemy Action Ardane. I knew it. Looking <laughs> <laughs> on the looking on the list, I just thought, I, I can't thought believe I sped past Enemy Action Ardane. Sorry, Liz. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Although, that's the one. Although my God, you want to be scared? What is that map? That ma this map is huge. For what? With, Enemy Action Ardanes? Yeah, it's like a huge map with dots all over it, and these I can't tell a thing that's going on in that map. I can tell why that's <laughs> definitely a war game. <laughs> I think I'd be overwhelmed if I tried this one. <laughs> Wargamers uh, have no idea. Wargamers wow. have no idea what we see, what normies see when we look at working maps. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Mark's just obviously looked at it now. And it's like, yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> it's, it is, it's a lot. I mean, people want to talk about busy maps. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> for, All right. So for, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, hey, Kevin. For, pe for people who... You know, if you're if you're ever wanting to get into war games and you look at this list, I think these are really good ones to look at because okay. if you look, you're not you're not getting a lot of the war um, game playing people to vote. So you're getting general people who are voting, and these are the games they like. It's like with Thunderbolt Apache Leader. It, it these That's are not the heaviest of war games, um, but you look at the average score and it's got a lot less votes, but it's this high because three people say it's their favorite game mm -hmm. of all. And, and I think that's what to take out of these war games is not necessarily, you know, are they, they're war games, but they're not they're not the old Avalon Hill stuff where it's nothing but chits and a six sided die. Um, you know, they, there's a lot more to these. And I mean, some of them are some of them people will call euros even, you know, they're 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 a lot more than what the old style. And if you're ever looking to get into it, these the, the war games on this list are really good places to start. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You right. so, up uh, like it, the Thunderbolt was the one I was trying to think of earlier, the one that I tried to get into. It wasn't Warfighter. It was definitely Thunderbolts. That one's coming up. Uh, I always, Liz has an average of two minutes and 45 seconds talking about Thunderbolt uh, <laughs> over the last four years. It's the same talk over the last four. It's hilarious to listen to. So we're going to hold off on that for like, now. Where's the story? Where's the story based solo games? <laughs> Liz and I take turns on that one. I love that game. Same, uh, right? Kevin and I have to have our love fest, our scheduled annual Thunderbolt effect leader. <laughs> Separate Zoom meeting for that one. Absolutely. Uh, 
So then we're going to go to 150 to 121. Uh, the one pure debut on here. I don't know if I, uh, a lot of people have played this. It's Veilwraith. Uh, Veilwraith yeah. is the newest one from, or one of the new ones from Tristan Hall, Hall Nothing Productions. I'm a, I'm good buddies with Tristan, so he's always hooking me up with review copies and such. And I just love his games. I think we, uh, uh, Tristan, and I think the same way in terms of very heavy story adventure, and but enough crunch to kind of unlock the story. Uh, Veilwraith is a card game, a very simple card game. Uh, Mark, yeah. you've played it. Yeah, I played it. Yeah, I, I picked it up at UKG along with the expansion and, and I enjoy it. It's not something I get to the table a lot. I think when I first got it, I played it a few times. Um, and yeah, it's 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 pretty difficult to play as well or to win, should I say. It's very easy to play, but difficult to win the game. It's got a significant challenge on there as you progress through the campaign. The artwork is sublime as well. I know it's a little bit divisive, but the black and white artwork, I think, is just absolutely stunning on it as well. And you can set it up in no time whatsoever and play a game in around about 30 minutes as well. So it's ideal for almost a quick take solo game i think it's uh well worthy of a place on the list definitely yeah the black and white was messed me up because i took it on vacation with me and it was the middle of summer it was beautiful and i'm playing this like grim black and white card game that i'm like <laughs> what's going on here uh but no uh, it's it's a really really neat little card game uh i mean we'll see if it climbs we'll see if it gets support if we'll see if we be, i think it needs the expansion sure. so like it has like five scenarios in the base box and then 15 scenarios in the expansion so like if people uh unlock a little bit more of it uh we are going to see more uh Hall for Nothing games uh, higher on the list, so maybe that one kind of folds in. It's in the same universe. Totally, uh, missed, uh, that the, totally missed that one at the expo. Because uh, we were there, right, okay. so I, I would have. T I I don't know. Maybe the artwork was why I didn't spot it. I mean, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. But I think if I passing by a row, I probably might have not paid attention if I saw black and white. But yeah, I just no, I totally missed this one, and I don't. I don't remember you sort of bringing it to our table or anything like that. Mark, well, no, Katie, because, what are you doing? <laughs> Well, it's, it's purely solo, and we were yeah. playing, you know, obviously multiplayer games, so therefore it would have been pointless me bringing it to the table. And uh, the Hall and Nothing didn't have a, <laughs> yeah, they didn't have a stand there as well. This was just on one of the uh, one of the uh, the shop uh, stalls that were there, and that's right. where I picked it up from. But yeah, Luke, that's I think right. it's about 30, 35 quid loop for the base. It's, it's worth picking up. All right, so uh, number 142 is Pavlov's House, which we could definitely talk about. 137 is a Ball Apache Leader. Yeah. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm... don't sound like that. Also, Pavlov's House, if you're looking for an intro historical game, Pavlov's House is phenomenal. It is tense. It is difficult. It is very fun. It does not contain any elements that you have not encountered as a Euro or, you know, adventurer or strategic gamer or any normal gaming situation. So it's a it's a war game. It's from, it's from Danvers Games. But it is so intro friendly and is just delightful. I love Pavlov's oh. House. It's a oh, David Thompson I was, and I was, the title was getting me, although I was thinking of a different Pavlov. <laughs> it's not the Pavlov's dog's no, house. This is <laughs> a, I was a game of giving steaks that. to dogs. That's what I thought <laughs> the first time. Yeah. I thought it this... was, when it said Pavlov's house, I thought, oh, this sounds like a nice welcoming game about do raising dogs or something. And then you mentioned, <laughs> no, no, war, this is the, the Battle of Stalingrad. I extremely recommend Pavlov's House. I think it's beginner friendly. I actually recommend it as a starter war game. It is so good. It is so good. I, I like David Thompson's work generally. He and I are personal friends, so like I'll just disclose that. But I really like this game. He's a great dude. He's a great dude. Sounds like it rings your bell, Liz. Sorry. It does. <laughs> Very cool. I'm salivating right now. <laughs> You can't use that when it's not even about that. Come on. <laughs> Unbelievable. We haven't even started yet, people. And it's like, it's like 8 o'clock in the morning for me. Yeah. Bad, Mark. <laughs> We're not even going crazy. Uh, okay, so uh, some more stories of the list. And I like to talk about like trends and stories. Uh, a lot of kind of classic co-ops fell down here. Some of my favorites, uh, bleeding into the uh, list, it's ghost stories. That's the second section, but it's right yeah. next to it. Yeah. Flashpoint, Fire, Rescue, Ooh. Freedom, the Underground Railroad. These are classic cooperative yeah. games they haven't gotten expansion yeah. support so it's obviously there's gonna like it's been a slow descent down for them but just noticing same thing with listen the war games I, I i noticed when these clusters of games that i truly love kind of land out the top 100 it makes me a little bit sad but at the same time it makes me happy that kevin extended the list of the top 200 we used to do 100 yeah now it's 200 yeah. so now i can spend more time with my lovely babies <laughs> yeah i have everything yeah, for flashpoint yeah, i love yeah, flashpoint yeah. fire rescue yeah, yeah. that's a, it's a good Point oh, yeah. about the 200. When, when we did 100, 
and a lot of people would ask for, well, what's up there? Because they would find new games. They would, you know, they would find new stuff they'd never heard of, or they'd find older favorites. Cause it's kind of sad to me that just because a game is older, it just drops down the list naturally. And not, I think it's not necessarily because people are tired of it. It's just that either they can't get it or, right. you know, the, people see the new stuff. So you buy that and you don't buy, you know, like ghost stories, which is an absolute fantastic game. And there's probably new people who've played, who are buying games that might have 50 or 60 solo games now and have never played ghost stories. And that's like, Oh, that's a shame. (laughs) And it's, you know, Yeah, Ghost Stories is a, a solo one. I'm glad to see Seven Wonders Doors actually made that list because that is only there because of that print and play expansion mm-hmm. on there. It's like 12 cards and like maybe one or two other bits and bobs to print out. It's such, it's like one of the easiest print and plays to get, but it means I can play one of my favorite games solo and it really is a nice, easy solo <laughs> mode with different difficulty levels. So I'm glad to see that's actually up there. I love Seven Wonders Duel and there was a... Uh, solo that because this game has been putting around for a couple of years even before that a fan made solo which was not even new um which is not even new components it was like okay remove the, t- the bottom left card and like simple rules for the wonders and stuff so then i've been playing seven wonders dual solo for years i love that game and the fact that they kind of went back in and that's another thing uh when people experiment like this that gets the attention of the designers like they're looking so like they because they post on BG and the designers are all over BG for their games. So then if people are, are taking uh, their game and making custom solos that will inspire the designer to be like, you know what? <laughs> this is not bad. I think that same thing happened with like five tribes, which I which is not on here. But, uh, you know, five mm-hmm. tribes was a game that people just like and wanted to keep on playing around with the system. And so lo and behold, we see print and play on the website. Uh, and a lot of that happened, especially with COVID. You know, they, a lot of designers were like, well, the, everybody has these games lying on the shelf. You can't play them with your friends. Mm. Here's a developed little solo mode. Is it the best? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, play it. And people mm. liked it. And Seven Wonders Duel is definitely an example. I'm so glad you pointed that one out. Yeah. As long as they keep I the, think, up, uh, the updates. Yeah. Yeah, I think Root falls into that category as well, Jason. The fact yes. that you know the uh, the Root the Root Solo was obviously the fan-made Better Bot project, which then became the official uh, Root Solo release, and it is it's fantastic. It's better than the original Clockwork Marquee or whatever it was called that came with uh, that came with Root. Oh, we'll get to Root. <laughs> we'll get, that's uh, a little bit, sure high, a little bit higher yeah. on the list. That's a little bit higher. Uh, anything else sleep yeah. out from this uh, section of the list? Yes, c- Make, mark me. your timer. Two minutes and 45 seconds, Jason. No, you get, no, 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 no. Under two, under two. <laughs> we already talked about that one a minute ago. Kevin, you had to back me up here. No, I just, I have to tell you, Thunderfold Master Leader, I love that game so much. It's so good. Like, if you ever liked putting together a party for an RPG or like trying to figure out who got what weapon or like what resources should go where, this is like the army plane pew pew version of that. And I love it. Even though all the pilots have the same art and they all have these like dad bods. You know, you still want to rescue pirates from, from when you fell in over Israel. It's just, it's such a good, such a good system. It's really, really yeah. fun, especially if you're a planner. Like if you enjoy planning before a battle. 30 seconds. And kind of figure out what weapons nope. and stuff, that game just really is going to do it for you. No, nope, my seconds. favorite shoot up on a video game is Deep Rock Galactic. There is no planning. There is go into the mines and kill lots of big bug spiders. <laughs> There's no 30 minute session where I'm moving chits around deciding this is my loadout. It's like, no. This is so Ameritrashy for you. Euro man. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like yours. I think I think that, like I say the war games of me go a bit. Luke goes both on, ways. On. He's all good. Hey Liz, I got a question. I think I'm, I'm a hybrid gamer. Uh, go ahead, Kevin. <laughs> Liz, how do you explain D-Day at Omaha Beach going up so much? Because I, I separated hmm. all the D-Day ones. Um, I actually I think there's been a reprint because I managed to pick up a new copy off of my local dealer um within the past year so that's what it is it's, it's become more available again all right so uh let us move on to the final part of this section 125 to 101 which is uh i i think so this is a, at this point we can talk about games that have fallen out of the top 100 and there were a couple of games that were stalwarts 
right? So we're talking ghost stories, mm-hmm. which you mentioned in the last section. Navajo Wars was a stalwart for years and years and years, and it's finally gotten pushed out of the top 100. I think they were talking about a reprint, but I don't even know if that reprint has landed. Uh, Burgle Brothers was a, a, a game that was a stalwart for a long time. Pathfinder, uh, adventure card game, which was, I mean, the original... Ad- <laughs> Liz is making a face. Um, the, yeah. One of the one of the original, I should say, adventure card games. I think a little bit less overhead than like a Lord of the Rings or something like that. And it was very simple, and it was there for a long time. Lots, lots of expansion support. Now we're starting to see it pushed out. So the, the, you definitely see the churn in this section of the list. Uh, so then, and there's also some really like and this is like you know basically top 100 plus. Like there's some really really excellent games yeah. here. So then we're uh, so uh, Mark was going into one of the games that he really uh, I don't know if you liked it, but you were definitely noteworthy about it, which was to carry on at 115. Yeah, it's it is a fantastic, it's possibly the heaviest game in my collection that I've played. I mean, I've got Magic Realm and I haven't played that yet, and that is possibly the heaviest game. It's got a 68 page rule book. Uh, but Tracarian Legends of Illusion, when you throw in all the modules for solo, you really, you know, it's a very, very, very crunchy game. It takes a lot of time to play, a lot of time to relearn the rules, uh, but it is a fantastic experience. I'm, you know, I'm really pleased to see this in, at what, 100 and, um, where have I lost it there? Uh, the 115, 115, yep. which is really, really good. That means obviously solo gamers do like a really crunchy, uh, a crunchy Euro game. Liz, you were saying you like Tricarian as well, yeah? Yeah, I really, really, really like Tricarian. It's probably like, if I'm going to play a Euro and Tricarian's on offer, that's probably what I'm going to ask to play. I really like it. It's, yeah, I haven't played it's a solid yet, Euro. So. I have not played it solo yet, though. Uh, one game that is a debut, and I this was I think your game of the year, uh, uh, Mark Dwellings of Eldervale at one twelve. Yeah. yeah, so that's a bit of a surprise because uh, this is kind of debuted outside the top one hundred because absolutely this is my favorite solo game that I played last year in uh, in twenty twenty, um, and I know that the response from the solo community has been huge for Dwellings of Eldervale. So maybe it's because it came out kind of a year ago and it's tailed off the the kind of uh, the look for it has tailed off a little bit but i i do i really really enjoy the uh the the challenge in the solo game of dwellings of eldervale it's big it's it's beautiful it's colorful it's not that difficult to play but it provides a really good challenge at the same time i think luke laurie did a great uh great work on designing his first ever solo mode for this mm-hmm. it's a big kickstarter game though and quite a pricey one as well so i suspect that you know it's yeah. definitely definitely got a good solo mode in it but it's definitely one of those games where it's like i would love i i it's, it's my kind of game it's like a you know worker placement and lots of theme like uh yeah. i i love workers with lots of theme that's that's great uh well <laughs> as far as worker placement games go lots of style i'll, I'll say yeah. that uh lots of style lots of ambiance and it kind of pulls you in uh evokes a neat little world even if you just you know at the end put a place a worker uh so i'm interested in that uh and the production definitely kind of amps it up um oh. I would love to see like a kind of more of a stripped down. Maybe this gets popular uh, and, you know, get that more accessible version of a game. Sometimes that happens where yeah. like they'll release. There's a, a, a trend more nowadays where they'll release the deluxe version first. And if it's really popular, then they'll release like a little more accessible version. Yeah. Uh, so maybe because I, I would love the idea of Dwelling of, of Elder Vale. uh, And a couple of others, anything, uh, Kev, I'll, I'll go to you. Anything here, uh, Leap Out. I'm, I'm deliberately avoiding... Um, Liz, <laughs> mm. with more war games because I don't like her. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Liz. Yeah, I mean, Get out. That, the one that's kind of sad is, is always is Gears of War. It's just, I mean, mm. it, it's, it, mm. I love the game. It's a fantastic game. It's just that you can't get it. I mean, nobody should pay $200 for it on eBay or something crazy, but no. it's such no. a good game. Right. Never it's be- it's better way. than Bloodborne. Uh, I managed to pick up, I think I paid for about, about 70 or 80 pounds on eBay for a second-hand copy about 18 months ago. And it is, it's a great game, slightly dated in its mechanics, but it gets over the feel of the uh, of the video game. And I think, you know, it doesn't have a lot of bloat in there. You play through these scenarios and they're very, very, again, bloody challenging, these scenarios. <laughs> I do like Gears of War. Is it, is it one of those that you have to play the game to actually enjoy it? Because I never played any of the uh, Gears of War video games. No, Not at all, played. no. No, no, never that. I'm I'm pleased to see Search for Planet X is on there. I'm surprised by the giant leap it's had though. It's like 250 ranks. Mm. It's gone up to to 109. Well, it's a, which... it's a, is it a recent release? Because some of these games kind of came out mm. like think... September October, mm. and the voting is in October, so it's like they debut, but it's like with five votes. Yeah, people actually play the... it, and then it rises. 
the distribution i think last year it was around the september time that some people got it but it's still didn't so get what is search for planet for a while. X? very quickly search, I've never heard. search for planet x is a deduction a sort of logic deduction game where you're all trying to find out where planet x is in the solar system but all the you move around the board in a very sort of takedo style fashion where the person at the back is the next one to move and you're making guesses and like doing little predictions and that was like right uh i reckon that i want to know what's in sector four to six or i want to know if there's any meteorites in sector seven and once you start mapping out where these phenomena are each one's got its own logic rule as to where they can go like all the asteroids have to be together the two gas giants can't be next to each other and eventually you figure out ah that one's got to be planet x and it's essentially a race to figure it out this i don't tend to play it multiplayer though because it is mostly a little multiplayer solitaire in that respect the solo mode which for some reason isn't in the main rule book you have to go to the website to find which is stupidity but it, <laughs> you get the, is come on seriously but you get the you get the app it's a bot it effectively is almost a bit like a timer like it slowly figures out stuff and you've got to basically race the bot to figure out mm. where planet x is but it is a very smooth system because a lot of it is just done on the app the, you know, press yeah. a few buttons, bot does its thing, you mark it off, and you can just take your time to learn the puzzle and try and figure it out. So I can't remember the last time I played it with actual other players. It's on my shelf purely as a, I want a mid-weight meaty deduction game. That's kind of where I'd place it. Okay. Anything leap out of you, Kevin? At the, oh, I already asked you about Gears of War. You already uh, talked about that. Liz? Uh, <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, so you mentioned Navajo Wars and why isn't it higher? It get reprinted. So for those of you who don't play war games very often, Navajo Wars is a GMT game. That means they have a different kind of pre-ordering system called P500. Basically, they need 500 pre-orders, then they do a print. So I did get Navajo Wars in the last couple of years off of one of those reprints. Yeah. Um, but don't just expect like, oh, it's back suddenly. Go in there, look for P500 and you know pre-order it at a better price, by the way, there that will work um but yeah uh, the the war games in here are good like navajo wars is really interesting i think i like my i think i like commentary a bit better i'm pretty sure i'll see it higher up the list um d-day at omaha beach is good it's newly available again um or at least it was last time i checked and then uh what was the other one where did it go on the list where did it work don't hide oh. the war game from liz <laughs> oh, Space Corps. Yeah, that's a, mm. it's a, that's, that's on my personal want list. I, I think that will be available again soon. Uh, more I love Space Corps. Then... Uh, by the way, I think actually I have Space Corps right here. Uh, it's been here. It is a, I don't think of it as a, as a war game. It's a GMT no, game. It's, it's more of a space exploration card game. It's from GMT. So like that's why we associate it. Mm. But yeah. uh, in terms of a, uh, a, card-based space game. Actually, uh, in some ways, I prefer to Terraforming Mars or some of the other Euro-y stuff. This one has more exploration. Uh, I can't recommend Space Corp enough. I, I, it's one of those games that, like, I definitely forget the rules. I forget so many of the rules whenever I take it out because it's one of them kind of very crunchy. There's three phases, and each three phase works differently, uh, you know, each time you play it. But with, if you are looking for that card engineer, I want to sink my brain and world into... Mm. Uh, a really rich experience space corp i definitely definitely recommend okay so i just want to point out to y'all that that is the same designer as enemy action arden that y'all were taking a giant poop on (laughs) i want you to eat your words well to be honest (laughs) while saying that with space corp i've only played it multiplayer because paul grogan taught it to me at one of his conventions (laughs) it and i don't know if it's amazing solo it sucks at four players that's terrible (laughs) it's terrible it's it's like i can imagine solo it's better because you just get to do the space exploration bit but at four players that was like four hours of my life of luck fest that i want back you know um i although the way from space core is that it feels almost like do you want a more eury version of zaya because both of yes. them are essentially epic space luck driven games yes. but zaya's more the amerifrashi themey side whereas right. space core definitely feels more like a eury the gmt style thing so it's oh, you're not gonna like fly into the sun in space corp like you could in, in zaya <laughs> you <laughs> shouldn't fly wow. into the sun that was that was z's fault not anyone else's <laughs> i do yeah, want to say one more thing is though that- which is let's light a candle for unbroken because that was a game mm-hmm. that could have flown and got hobbled 
by oh, yeah. industry, industry problems. Mm-hmm. It's been definitely floating at the bottom, at the top levels of the 200, bottom levels of the 100, uh, depending on the news and everything that's happening. It, it would be a higher solo list had there been like ongoing support for it. And because mm-hmm. of the yeah. problems, uh, they, you know, I think they working on a, uh, were working on a co-op expansion. I know that Artem, hi Artem, I know you're watching the show. Uh, there was a, at least a co-op expansion to work in other uh, material. Unfortunately, because of, you know, if the IP is still with the publisher and the publisher and the designer are not you know, talking. And you know, so we're not getting the unbroken support. But it's one of those things where, like, you know, you, you keep on going uh, and a lot of these games return to the designers eventually or like versions of them will return. So then, you know, yeah. I, maybe we'll be able to, you know, get some of this stuff rebooted. Uh, we're going to talk about our friend Ricky, uh, Ricky Royal uh, up above on the list a little bit. His game has getting reformed and all the kind of stuff. It's definitely mm-hmm. how, the, how the sausage is made uh, type things. Uh, but I think we're good on closing the episode out here. Uh, we have plenty to go. Uh, so we are going to be back on uh, Wednesday when Kevin, uh, uh, Sunday, I think it is actually, it's Sunday, uh, when Kevin will release uh, top 51, 251 solo games, right? Uh, right, Kev, you're gonna, you're gonna, we're gonna line this up. We're gonna be, we're not gonna spoil stuff. Uh, no, we're good. Okay, we're good. <laughs> so we are coming back uh, for Luke, for Mark, for Liz, and for Kevin. This is Jason saying, if you can change your mind, you can change the world, people. Tune in next time. Top 200 solo, uh, 151 next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop, or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list.